Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Live around Australia on SEN Track, welcome to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. It's Campbell Brown here. How you going, everyone? You've been good for premiership chit. No, it's not. It's a different team today. Trent Massanelda, joined by Jason Bonington. And I can tell you what, just giving you a little look behind the, the curtain of radio, um, there was there was a lot going on behind the scenes about 15 seconds ago. We didn't know whether we were going to be on air, but we are. You know why? Because we lift under pressure. Trent, uh, we're going to be talking Taz Racing for the next hour. And then I'm told you're on trackside for... A, Another 17 or 18 hours after that. So you've got a big day ahead of you. I do indeed, Bon. It's great to be with you. Uh, Cam Luke posting photos from LA at Nobu Restaurant. So how do you reckon he's going? Do you reckon who's drawn the short straw? He's, he's over there for the Super Bowl. I'm on here for uh, trackside for the next five hours. Well, you know. Uh, Swings got, and roundabouts. We've all got to do what we've got to do in life. That's, that's how it works. But... Uh, He's bounced back hard. I mean, I, I didn't follow. I didn't follow the uh, the flu-like affliction that he was suffering from. But he, he got hit pretty hard, didn't he, old Cam? And he he's bounced back pretty well to be at Nobu. I'm not sure I'd be going with that. I think I'd be looking after myself a little bit more than that. But um, I think, he loves a trip. I think that yeah, he does. He got the opening of an envelope, Cam Luke. Let's be <laughs> honest. Uh, Campbell Brown, he's offside though. He, he he's a bit the same. He loves his Tassie racing though. Does. Um, does Brownie, so he'll be staying across it. I think he's he was planning to head over. I don't know if he's still going or not, but um, I think a, a few of the SEN crew are heading over for the Super Bowl next week, which should be uh, a lot of fun, but uh, let's focus on some Taz racing. Yes, let's do that. And uh, our first guest will be up very soon. We've got a cavalcade of guests. In fact, how are we going to get through them all in 60 minutes? Well, that's why Trent and I are at the absolute peak of our powers right now, uh, because we've got to do it and we will do it. And you know what? With no Cam Luke and no Campbell Brown, we're missing two Cams, so we brought a Cam in. And he's a man who's got a very big weekend ahead, Cameron Thompson. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, guys. Uh, pretty exciting weekend ahead, mate. Are you, uh, you're a bit of a triple threat. There's a lot going on, not just at the races. We might talk about Amy Dexter as well a little bit later, but um, exciting weekend. Yeah, no, um, Gold Sovereign um, Day on Sunday, and we've got a runner in that, which is always exciting, and um, a few other runners too for the stable, so it should be be a nice day. Cameron, you have got the four runners uh, engaged there on Sunday. Let's start with the feature race. Race five is the Alpha Gold Sovereign. Wasn't he a good Tasmanian horse, Alpha? The Gold Sovereign stakes here over the 1,200 metres at listed level. 150K on the table. First prize, $90,000. You've got Bold Instinct engaged here, who uh, is still a maiden after the two starts, but has run some good races so far. A uh, two-year-old son of impending. Uh, talk us through his preparation so far. Fifth on Debu at Lonnie, and then third behind Jaguar Stone last time at Hobart. Has he come on since that latest run on the 7th of Jan? Yeah, look, we're really happy with him. Um, he's had two starts over the real shorter trips, um, 1,100, and we've just been wanting to get him out to the 1,200. Um, he's a horse that uh, gave him a little freshen up after that first run. His first run, he was sort of boxed on the fence and couldn't really get out till real late. And being a two-year-old at his first start, Volunteer just didn't quite know how to let down on the rail. So it was a good run, and then we, we gave him a little freshen up and went to Hobart, um, back to a 1,000, and he did everything right, and I thought it was a really strong run because he's probably a, a gallop or two underdone, but it just looks like he probably wants to settle a bit more in his races. He's um, 
he's a well-educated two-year-old and is just very sensible in everything he does. So uh, on Sunday, I know he'll go there and, and um, equate himself very well and do everything to the best of his ability. It just depends um, how good he is on the day. So back out to the uh, – stepping up to 1,200 metres for the first time, you would imagine would suit. What sort of trip ideally do you think to when he matures, maybe at three years old and beyond? Oh, look, I think he'll end up being a mile horse next year, so hopefully a three-year-old guineas type. But mm-hmm. um, he's an he's a early um, a runner as well, and that's why we've got him here for the two-year-old races because he just seems to do everything right when you ask him to on the track and off the track. So um, I, I think he'll run a really nice race on Sunday. The 1,200 should just really suit him. You paid 150k for him at uh, last year's Magic Million Star, so you obviously liked what you saw in the in the ring. I noticed Mrs. B. L. Thompson in the ownership. I assume that's a relation. Is that mum or wife or who's Mrs. B. L. Thompson? That's my wife, Beth. So um, yeah, she um, she'll be there Sunday cheering him on. We call him Alfie, and um, he's a bit of a stable favourite. Not because we had to really get into our pockets at sale day um, last year, but um, he's a lovely horse, and that's probably what I like about two year olds. They don't have to have. I think the uh, the best ability in the world race day. But if if they've got a bit of ability, but they've got a brain and do everything right, generally that'll get them over the line sometimes. So he seems to have everything going his way. So I'm sure he's going to be very competitive. And what type of an owner is your wife? Is she happy to provide some feedback he's to the trainer? He's not going to tell us the truth anyway. Is yeah, he? I mean, absolutely, he's a sensible or man. Does she does she stay out of it and uh, take trust in the uh, the trainer? Oh, she'll have a fair bit to say, but you've got to have selective hearing at times, don't you? So um, it'll go in one ear and out the other. But no, look, she'll be happy. We're just happy to have a horse in the race that'll be competitive and worthy of being there. And obviously we paid a lot of money for him, so we wouldn't put him in the race if we didn't think that he was going to be competitive on Sunday. And Campbell Will is riding a number of your horses on Sunday. How does that association come about? We've seen Campbell over here in Victoria on the mainland do some really good things and starting to get a few opportunities and branch out and ride um, across different states. Uh, how, how did that relationship with Campbell come about? Um, we had Bullet Muku on um, Bold Instinct for his last two starts and we didn't take the horse to Elwick Stakes, wanting to sort of bypass that and go Gold Sovereign Sunday and then on to the Magic Millions a fortnight later without sort of tiring the horse and having him too flat come that Magic Millions race. Um, so uh, Bullant rode a horse of Gary White's in the Elwick Stakes and he selected to stay with that. So we um, we obviously wanted a, a jockey that was quite capable on him. So um, we had a friend that's um, mates with Liam Pryor, Campbell's um, agent, and uh, got in touch with him and he suggested that Campbell would um, in really um, take the opportunity on board and coming down riding the Gold Sovereign. And we were quite excited because we, we think that he'd do a, a fantastic job. And obviously, he's a very good jockey. He, he sort of showed that yeah, on the weekend with his first few rides back in, in Adelaide. Yeah, absolutely. The son of a gun, Nashua Willow, that's for sure. The Armadale Stud Citizen Cup's the co-feature on the card there, 2,100 metres that's worth $30,000. You've got DeRosa engaged here. Kieran Quilty, the apprentice, rides here. Um, what uh, what have you made of this horse's campaign so far? Been knocking on the door, probably due for another win. Yeah, look, we, a horse that won at Flemington about 12 months ago, he's been quite disappointing as a trainer having him down here. Um, we would like to have seen him do a lot more, but we think we might have found the key to him in the in the last month. And he showed us that in his last start. After he freshened up, we dropped him back to 1,400, and then he was out to a mile here at Launceston three weeks ago, and he ran a really good race for a horse that wants more ground. So good ideal gate. Kieran should be sitting nice and handy, and hopefully he's he's very competitive through the line late. And, um, we yeah, we have a, have a good run. 
Gee, if he found his best form, he'd, he'd have to be a live chance in this race. You mentioned that run at Flemington. That was on New Year's Day um, 2021, and he beat playoffs. He's just come out and won in town here in Melbourne as well. So whilst uh, mightn't have been in the best form of late, if he did recapture that form, and, he, and then went on to run six behind Runaway and won again at Sandown over the lakeside. So if he brought that uh, form to Sunday's race, you'd think he'd have to be a good each-way chance. Yeah, definitely. And um, like I said, we've changed his work up a bit and tried to sort of help him out with a few little niggling issues that he's had. And I think I've got him the best I can have him. So hopefully he improves on his last run and that should put him pretty close, I would have thought. Mate, we've only got one more for you. And by the way, I've got great memories of Citizen. I know how old I am because I remember Citizen and Dr. Grayson. And, oh, jeez. How old am What I? an era that was, naturalism. Oh, yep. Uh, it's, uh, yep. I'm in my 40s. Uh, quickly, Cameron, you've got uh, ambidextra as well. You're a, you're a triple threat. You've got a bit going on who's going to have a couple of cults in the upcoming Magic Million sale. That's exciting. Yeah, look, we're, we're really excited that we've got ambidextra standing down here at our stud at Brooklyn Park. Beautiful stallion, but I think what everyone forgets is he's a horse that's probably been in the shadows a bit um, and, and hasn't had the quality of mares over time. And week in, week out, what he sends to the races just seems to win or, or they go close. So... I think for um, the two colts in the upcoming sales, I think potential buyers need to look at what the stallion throws, and he just throws consistent winners that are good types and they're good training horses. All right. So, no, it's exciting. All right, we might let you go there. Just be careful of Canberra Ruler. He's gotten into greyhound racing. He might try and yes. sell you some pups while he's down there. So just if he starts that conversation, just say, mate, let's focus on the horses while we're down here, all right? So I'm just giving you a bit of a heads up there, Cam. We very much appreciate your time, mate. Good luck on the weekend. Thank you very much, guys. Time for our first break here on Taz Racing Talk. When we come back, we're going to have a chat with Brendan Blomley, who is the Chief Executive of the Tasmanian Racing Club. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. No, we've already told you, uh, Cam Luke's in America, apparently at Nobu having some Japanese food. And Campbell Brown's off creating trouble somewhere else. So we've got Trent Massanelda and myself, Jason Bonington, joining you for Taz Racing Talk. And our next guest is the Chief Executive of the Tasmanian Racing Club, Brendan Blomley. How are you, Brendan? Jason, good morning. Very well, thanks. And you guys? Uh, we're well. And you know what? I'm, I'm well, not quite in a similar position to you because I don't, have to, I don't have to be an executive. But there's a very big weekend coming up in Victorian Harness Racing this weekend. And everyone comes up and says to you, Oh, you must be excited, and you're like, no, I'm absolutely cooked, and I just want the relief because there's always such a big build-up, and that's not for you this weekend, but next weekend, a couple of really big days, Friday and Sunday with the Derby and the Hobart Cup. It's exciting, but there's plenty of moving parts behind the scene as well. Yeah, there, there sure is, Jason. But the benefit of being the CEO is I've got a fantastic team around me, and that uh, <laughs> they do the lion's share of the work. So <laughs> very fortunate, and uh, it's all... Uh, all tracking very well at this stage, so fingers crossed. Uh, Brendan, great to talk to you. Good afternoon to you. The I've been to the doubleheader um, that you've got coming up there a few times, and it's one of the great weekends of racing. On the Friday, you've got the Tassie Derby at listed level worth 150k over the 2200 metres. The Group 3 Bow Mistress for the Phillies and Mares, 150,000 over the 1200, and of course, the Strut Stakes for 100,000, 2100 metres for the three-year-old Phillies, also at listed level. And then we back up again on Sunday. It's a uh, Survival of the fittest down there, but I believe the ticket sales and and co corporate hospitality have been going really well. Yeah, it's it's been fantastic. Thanks, Trent. It's, um, we're actually fully booked out um, for the for the official luncheon um, on both both days, which is which is uh, we're very pleased with. Obviously, 
Um, COVID has restricted our numbers, but um, we, we're working on a similar restrictions last year, and um, it, it's a fantastic day here. There still are general admittance tickets, so GA tickets are available. And um, for those wanting to see the very best of Tasmanian thoroughbred racing, um, please come along. Um, as, you, as you mentioned, there's some fantastic races um, on Derby, uh, and of course, um, Ladbrokes Hobart Cup on, on the Sunday with the Thomas Lyons. Uh, military Norfolk as well. So it really is going to be a great weekend of racing here in Hobart. Uh, I'll let Trent ask you about the Carbine Club lunch on the Friday in the Calcutta, but just in terms <laughs> of the pandemic, I know it's been a challenging period for everyone and racing administrators right around Australia have done a super job. Have you at least this time around had some clear air? Because we know a lot of the time you've been, you know, you've had to make plans and you know, it's been a movable feast right up to a week before yep. major events. Has this one at least been, you've had some clear air to know what you can and can't do? Uh, we've worked very closely with Taz Health and Tasmanian events and got the sign-off yesterday, which was a relief. I mean, this time last year, we were still waiting for that uh, sign-off by the Director of Public Health, but we've collaborated very closely with them. Um, we had the disappointment for Caulfield Cup last year where uh, we went into a snap lockdown for three days and... Um, it was on the, the, you know, the eve of uh, Caulfield Cup that that decision was made. So that was a big blow for, for the CRC and, um, and yeah, all, the, all those involved in the industry here. But uh, we, we are resilient and um, we, we have all the correct protocols in place. Uh, the industry understands that uh, we need to be responsible and we certainly have been. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I think there's... If it worked on... If it's the same as last year, it would be a really uh, upmarket... Um, uh, metropolitan picnic race meeting, if I can put it that way, for, for sort of a, as, as, a, as an example of what it was last year, it is a fantastic day of racing. And uh, the pandemic certainly has thrown us a few curveballs, but you know, our resilience and our preparedness to work with government um, has got us through. So we're looking forward to a really big weekend of racing. We'll talk about the Tassie Derby. There's been some really good winners over the years. You look back through the honour roll in 2011, Mourinho one GG's Black Flash the year before the uh, the Tassie Star Drilledery Letter Northwest Passage and the uh, champion from last year or this year I should say oh no sorry, going back to uh, to Vamos Rafa in 2020 the Carbon Club mm. lunch is on the Friday um, talk us through how that looks who's going to be hosting and if you've got any ambassadors coming down from the mainland this year well we've got a guest speaker uh, Glenn Boss uh, and he can't get uh, much better than that I would have thought so. Uh, the Carbine Club lunch is uh, it's always a marquee event of the club and uh, I'm proudly a member of the Carbine Club. It's, uh, it's still going strong here in Tasmania and uh, we're very much looking forward to, to Glenn joining us and uh, regaling us with um, some of his uh, many, uh, many past feats. So uh, he'll also be joining us again on the Sunday as well as a special guest speaker for the lunch there as well. So um, that, that's, uh, that's a show out. It's uh, always um, uh, oversubscribed, the Carbine Club lunch and... Uh, makes a really good um, start to the, to the Carnival weekend. Well, I'll tell you what, um, just keep us in mind. Uh, Trent says he's been down there a couple of times. He's already proven he's a committed patron down there in Tasmania. And if you ever need somebody to come down and MC anything for you there, Brendan, we are available, I promise, because I love getting down to Tassie. I've been down there on a few occasions. Beautiful part of the world. Exciting. This week's exciting, but for you guys, next week, really exciting. And just before I let you go... Um, and this isn't this isn't public relations or whatever, but SEN Track and their relationship with Taz Racing, I think, has been fantastic. It seems to me that a lot more people are, that I know are talking about Taz Racing because of this uh, this commitment and this relationship between Taz Racing and SEN Track. So it's been it's been something that's started off very fruitful and will only get better for you guys, I reckon, mate. 
Yeah, well, we, we we certainly appreciate the partnership. It has it's been mutually beneficial. By yeah, absolutely, and uh, the industry is very keen to support one of our own. So, Jason, you and Trent, and everyone else at the station, thank you very much for all that you do. Well, we appreciate what you do, mate, and we can't wait to uh, to take in these races next weekend. Hopefully, the build up is smooth from here, and we appreciate your time, mate. Good luck. Look forward to seeing you both down here next year. Thanks so much. And you know what? It's a good uh, little segue here because I think I haven't spoken to this man in a long time, but Grant's brother, Tommy Hackett's about to join <laughs> us. Um, and Glenn Boss, obviously, great association with Ladbrokes now. And, and that's where uh, his influence in that Carbine Club lunch and that Calcutta will kick in. But um, he stands up and about. Normally, like, that's the role of a CEO. This is why mm. I could never be one and maybe you not either because you've got to have a cool head. And it sounds like Brennan... There'd be a lot going on behind the scenes, but you just got to keep uh, you got to keep cool, calm, and composed. And as we head towards those big races, um, you, you've got to build the excitement among the public, don't you? Yeah, no doubt. And the last couple of years have obviously been a nightmare for administrators when you talk about fixturing for you know sporting leagues and codes and that sort of stuff, and also for racing administrators. So hats off to them; they've been able to keep going. Racing's obviously it's been set ad nauseum, Bonners, but um, to be able to keep going right the way through. I think we've got to tip our hats to the administrators of all three codes to be able to, 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 to play on and keep us, you know, provide some entertainment for those who have been stuck at home absolutely twiddling our thumbs. I'll tell you who provides entertainment. His name's Tommy Hack, and I've spoken to him for a long time. I've missed you, Tom. How are you? Hello, boys. Great to uh, be back and uh, very, very excited this time of year. I'm up and about. The good horses are coming back. It got outstanding racing right around the country. Couldn't be more excited. Let's talk about the gold sovereign. That market's been up for a few days. Bello Bow is still in the tomato sauce and the red figures, I think, but there's been a move for one down there, trained by Adam Trinder. There has definitely been a move against Bello Bow here. It's still the favourite, but being $1.70 out to $1.80, little easy for an odds on favourite. Remuda's been five fifty out to $6.50, but the market mover. Number seven, Jaguar Stone. It's been $7 into $4.40. It was very, very good on debut. I can absolutely see why there has been a move for this fill-in. I think uh, think I'm I'm keen to follow the money here. Bolo Bo's done nothing wrong during its career to date, but I just think there was a lot to like about that debut win. I think she's got a lot of upside, this filly out of speed. So I'm pretty confident Adam Trindart will train the Quinella here. And if you can... uh, Pointed that up with a, another runner, maybe to add a little bit, little bit more value to exotics. Maybe Bold Instinct, I think, can run a race with Canberra Willa in the saddle. It's got, it was pretty good uh, last start behind Jagerstone there. So uh, they're the three I'll be playing around uh, in a pretty good race. Yeah, we just had a chat to Cameron Thompson, the trainer of Bold Instinct, and at 31 bucks, certainly worth throwing in the multiples. He thinks. Uh, that horse will enjoy the step up to 1,200 metres. And with Canberra Rewilla on board, might be at another length or two as well. But uh, always a good race. The Gold Sovereign uh, on the uh, Sunday down there. Um, the Alpha Gold Sovereign, of course, named after Alpha, who is one of the Tassie stars. You'd remember Alpha, Tommy? Absolutely. One of the uh, one of the greats. They've got a race named after Sardison, probably the best. Uh, maybe the best. Uh, the Sardison Cup, the best Tassie horse. So it's, uh, it's a good day to uh, celebrate those past greats of Tassie racing. I can never tell how old Tommy is. Like Tommy shouldn't remember Alpha. Uh, like, the Tommy that I've seen on socials, he can't be old enough. Alpha started favourite in a Melbourne Cup. Do you remember that? Yeah, it did too. I yeah. mean, you only have to be seven fifty, but I yeah started favourite in a Melbourne Cup. So he was a he was a very good horse. Orange Silksy. Tommy, yes. he might he might look young, but he's got a wealth of knowledge. So. He probably belies his age a little bit. He's got the Damo Watsons about him. He's, he he's, he's lying he in bed watching replays of uh, of the 1987 Melbourne Cup. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, great association that Ladbrokes have with uh, Taz Racing. We were just discussing with Brendan Blomley about the fact that 
Bossy will be down there for the Carbine Club lunch next weekend, not this weekend. Poor old Bossy. What are lad breaks doing? They're just throwing him around left, right and centre. He's got to be everywhere, doesn't he, Tommy? He's a very, very busy boy, Bossy. I, I think Bossy might actually end up being busier working for Ludbrokes than he ever was uh, in his time as a jockey. We're really getting our money's <laughs> worth out of the great man, Bossy. But it's because he's, he's everyone wants a piece of Bossy at the moment. He's just uh, he's such a great at the sport, and he's so keen to just get involved and get out to these uh, these country cups, get down to Tassie. Uh, He'll be going to Alice Springs, or he'll be in Darwin. Uh, he's really uh, racing. The racing public right around the country really going to get a chance to uh, really uh, meet Bossy and uh, get, get really get to know him. So, no, really excited to have uh, Bossy on board. But yeah, he's going to be a very busy boy. Hey, Tommy, with Bossy on board, does, it, does that mean he's going to Alice now? He, is he replacing Moods in that trip, or is that Moods put his uh, hand up and said, oh, "I can't go now that I'm back in the training ranks." Yeah, well, Moods, he, he does, doesn't mind a junket still, Moods. He still likes to get away from the stable every once in a while. So, no, we can't have – obviously, he's back training in the stable. It was meant to be a boutique stable for Moods, but he's yeah. got close to bloody 100 horses now, and he's winning Caulfield Cup. So, uh, I don't think it's a boutique stable anymore. But, no, he's still keen to get to those big events, Moods. We know he loves the Darwin Cup. He likes getting down to Tassie. So, no, Moods and, Moods and Bossy, they'll be uh, a really good double act for us. You know, Moods has been telling, and I know I'm going back to my own Katie here, but Moods has been telling Dan Malecki that he desperately wants to get to the trots. If you're listening, Moods, well, we will roll out the red carpet. Anytime you want to come, um, we'll do whatever is required, and I'll even go out and, and share a breath of fresh air with you every now and then if you like, and I think we know what that means. Um, we've got to say sayonara, Tommy. I don't want to, but we have to. Is there any other market or tip that you'd like to touch on before we say goodbye? Give us a winner for the weekend. You'll have one for us. Yeah, my best bet at Launceston on uh, Sunday is uh, race three, number three, Alpine Blast. Drawn a little sticky. Doesn't win out of turn, but I think this is the right race for a sticky car in the saddle. I think it's going to be tough to beat. And then uh, in the English Millennium, I like El Padrino. Currently 8.50 with Ladbrokes. Jamie Carr making the trip to Sydney. I think that's a pretty good lead. I think he can win at a nice price. i got two of my best mates who are part owners of El Padrino, so that'll be music to their ears. Tommy Hackett. Beautiful. Hope it, hope they get it gets the job done for them. And he's a pretty good judge, Tommy, from my experience. Yeah, uh, pretty good. Shrewd don't know operator. how old he is, but a pretty good Shrewd judge. Operator. Uh, Tommy, thanks for joining us, mate. We'll talk again soon, hopefully. Go well. Thank you, boys. Cheers. Time for another sabbatical. We'll get some messages here from our sponsors, and when we return, a good mate of mine will join us, Jamie Cockshut, to talk about harness racing in the Apple Isle. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Now, now, Jason Bonington and Trent Massenhelder, and we've taken over. You won't hear from those other boys again. Hopefully you enjoy their influence at the station because we've now taken over here, Taz Racing Talk. And we're having a lot of fun. It's been good so far, hasn't it? Um, Young um, young Cameron Thompson spoke extremely well. You he expect did. Brendan to, of course, and, and we know Grant's brother Tommy's a star. But Cameron was uh, a very articulate. Yeah, he man. was. Yeah. yeah, enjoyed having a chat to him. And I think that uh, horse of his in the main race might be a, a decent each-way chance. Certainly throw it in the multiples. Good luck to him. Yep. Um, big price. Okay. Now we turn to harness racing. And a good mate of mine joins us now, Jamie Cockshut. How are you, Jamie? Yeah, not too bad, guys. You'd be excited. I know we'll talk about Taz's harness racing in a moment and get some winners for tonight at Hobart and also uh, Sunday afternoon at Carrick, but you'd be excited. I mean, you're a harness racing lover and it's a massive weekend down here in Victoria. Great Southern Star tonight. And then our iconic race, the uh, the Hunter Cup tomorrow. 
Yeah, no, no, I am getting a little bit excited, mate. But um, yeah, no, it'll be great to watch good racing. You know, over both nights, Friday and and Saturday, and it's even a, a fill up to um, Harness Racing Victoria to get it. You know, live streams on Racing dot com TV, mate. That's um, a great get by them, and and just showcase our sport to the the wider audience out there. Hopefully, we do, and we'll be trying to educate them. We went out to Andy Gatson did a little education piece, a mutual friend of ours. Uh, the other day, great man, Andrew Patrick Gath. Let's talk about some winners for Tasmania, though. We've got to have a bet tonight. There's a few that you like, and one that's a former Victorian I know pretty well. Yeah, we'll start off. I reckon that one's called Way On By. Um, mm. He's trying to get the right trip just in behind the speed, mate. As long as the one holds up, or even if the one takes cover, he's going to be three pegs or behind the leader. And either way, he's going to take plenty of beating. Um, he's just going to get a soft run. It is a race with a bit of depth, but... Um, I think we should get four or five dollars and he's in each way bet to nothing in race six. Um, the, one of the better bets on the card is race three, number three, bit of Scotty, but he's come up a bit short, so he's got to drift a bit before he gets a few dollars of mine. But I just think Paul Hill will control the race from the breeze or the lead, and you know, I think he'll be just about winning. Um, a couple of odds, mate. Race seven, number 12, Nap Attack Sam. I've been kicking him a few times and he hasn't got the chocolates, but we'll go one more time and just hopefully um, they do run along up front and he can get over the top of them late. Race 8, number 8, Artie Flash. Got no form whatsoever to recommend, but does draw to follow behind the likely leader. Mark Yale jumps in the gig and he'll give him every chance and don't be surprised to see him run a race at you know, 21, 26 to 1 in the last of the night tonight. You don't need to tip many of those to make a profit, do you, Trent? That's, that's the key. If you can get them at uh, double-figure odds, that's when... Well, what's, the, what's the old saying? You know, if you can get one, one ten to one chance out of every ten, we're well, going to be square. So, hopefully, we can get something out of that. I'll let you, uh, I'll let you take over and and uh, and drill Jamie if you like. What do you got for him? Yeah, Jamie, eight races on the card there tonight. How many winners for Ben Yol? Oh, well, he's got he's got he's got huge numbers in mate. Like um, he should be winning at least four or five, to be honest, Trent. But um, you never know. He could win them all. But, yeah, he should be getting at least four or five. I reckon if he goes home with anything less, he'd be disappointed. Has he ever trained the card? No, I don't think he has. I think he's trained six, maybe seven. Mm. I'm not quite sure, to be honest, but I don't think he's trained the card, no. Or unless it was up around a country track somewhere where they might have only had a six-race program. So I can't guarantee I'm right or wrong in that thing, but... Yeah, I know he's trained a lot of six winners, and it's just wherever one of them has been on, like a Bernie or or a Scottsdale, where there's only six race meetings, six race cars on the meeting. We need to get a, uh, some uh, best bets for Carrick on Sunday as well. But I, I, I've got a nice little segue question. Have you ever? I'm sure you have. Have you ever tipped the card, Jamie? No, I've got seven and one second one time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Was the second and odds on he that got rolled? No, he's about five to one. The odds on pop beating. To be honest. <laughs> I had, I, we're going to get the tips for Kerry. I had a day night, like seven years ago or something, where I got 15 out of six in the oh, wow. day and night, and one horse who ended up being a real good horse too and was beaten by a no-namer that you never heard of again that stopped it being, you know, I could have retired. Yeah. I wasn't earning enough money. I was never going to retire. Um, let's move on to Kerry. You've got a couple there for us as well, Jamie. Yeah, we'll go to Kerry, mate. The best of the... Day comes up race four, number two, let's hustle. I just think um, the 26.50 suits him. He'll either lead or sit outside the leader. And I think Rodney Ashford will get the job done. We'll go back to the first. Rodney's also on number two, Mrs. Disaster. I think um, I think she can break through. She's only a three-year-old taking on the older horses, but I reckon she can find the lead and she'll keep her main danger to her outside in Galaxy Dance, and that could be the, the proving point. 
you know, in the last 100 metres. Couple of value, race three, number nine, number eight, if it's to be, it's up to me. Um, resuming, got a good trailing draw. It is a race with a bit of depth, but it just maps to get the right run. I reckon he'll give a side around four or five to one. Race five, number nine, Scotland Beach. Um, young Malcolm Jones has done a great job winning his last 20, and I reckon he can get the job done again at around the four or five dollar mark. And race six, number six, smart little shade. He's going to be probably over the odds because you've got cool water padding and sunny sands in this race. Uh, drawn six, five or six runs ago, he led from a similar draw and, and ran him off their legs and, and ran six times. So if young Mitch Four can get him across to the pegs, he will give a great side around the $8 mark. And a couple of odds come up in the cup. Um, Finn McKean and Al Jujon. They've both got their hoof on the till, and I just think you know, they can, we can back them both at around the 10 or $12 mark on Sunday. Great stuff, Jamie. Hey, just before we let you go, one quick one from me. Obviously, a lot of listeners in Tassie, but plenty of listeners on the mainland here right throughout Australia on the SEN app and, um, and co. Where do we find Carrick for those, who have, for those of us that don't know where Carrick is in Tassie? Yeah, well, Carrick's up the north of the state. It's, it's a well-known harness little township. There used to be a lot of trainers trained on the track, Trent. It's probably around about 20 minutes from Launceston, heading back or probably heading or probably southwest towards Devonport. Yeah, it's it's around about 20 minutes from Launceston, mate. Now, you've got a guess here and you, you can find it a little bit more for the pun for us here because he'll be driving smart little shard at Carrick on Sunday, Mitch Ford. to let you take over. A young harness driver with a big future and we've been profiling uh, these sort of characters both on Trot's Life and here on Taz Racing Talk. I'll let you take over. Jamie Cox, should have a chat with Mitch Ford. How you going, young fella? Yeah, good, mate. And yourself? Yeah, not too bad, mate. We'll start off at Hobart tonight, Mitch. I'll pick out a few that I think you've got good chances. We'll start off in race two. You're on a, the bench, yellow trade with revenge. Done a good job since coming across to the state, and you know, she looks pretty well placed against her own sex tonight. Yeah, that's it, you know. Made a name for herself in the old grain basis. Tonight she sort of stepped up against the better sort of mares here in Tassie. But, you know, I think with the draw she's the best. We've lost Mitchie there, have we? Yeah, I might have lost him there, mate, the, I reckon, Jase. Haven't got the strongest line there. We'll just maybe hand him back to Sammy at the oh, back and I, see if we can go again. Yeah, maybe. Like, I would say just step left, but, you know, somebody just breaks up a little bit. I mean, he just... Gonski. I hope he didn't fall off a cliff because there was a, no sign of life, unfortunately, there from Mitchie. He didn't seem to be anywhere near on the line. So we'll give that another crack, Jamie, and see if we can get... Mitch back on the line. Yep. But I, I, I think this has been one of the great things that uh, we're doing, and I know... Uh, on the Thursday edition of Trot's Life, you jump on and quite often profile young people in the game. And I think it's important that people know who the young trainers and drivers are, not only in Tasmania, but everywhere, so that when they look at a form guide, they've heard from them on the radio and they feel like, I know that person, I'm confident that they're they're capable and they're competent. So this is a great thing we're doing, I reckon, mate. Yeah, no, that's the aim of it, Jay. So I like to give the, the younger people coming through the exposure, just you know, just for when they do get in the limelight, so they've had a bit of experience on the radio and they've got a bit more confidence when they've got to speak publicly. And, yeah, that's what it's all about, mate, um, introducing the young brigade trainers and drivers to the, the wider audience out there. Yeah, and then you get blokes like Greg Sugars who comes on and does a barrier draw with me and, and outshines me. So <laughs> it can be a problem that way. Hey, Jamie, I think we've got Mitch back on the line, mate, so I'll let you continue. You back there, Mitchie? Yeah, back. Just lost a bit of reception there. 
And uh, we'll, we'll go back to Wivery Range. Um, you know, he's done a good job since coming across to the state for being young. Looks pretty well placed against her own sex in race two. Yeah, that's it. You know, she, I think uh, down here in Tassie, I think she's going to go a long way. Just the way she races. And, yeah, I think she's going to go a long way down here. We'll kick over to the next one. You've got Sala Star. It was a pretty good winner at Devonport. The race was set up for her, but he still showed the tenacity to, to round him up and spin away for a strong win. Yeah, he was good, you know. Um, the quick sections uh, mid-race probably helped him a lot, but in saying that, when he swooped him up down the back, he did want to switch off, and that resulted in him running home in a 34-6 quarter. So, yeah, with a bit of luck, he doesn't do that tonight. And he's got gate speed. You're going to use it tonight and find the top early? Uh, I think we'll just have to roll across with the two and, yeah, just see where we end up from there. And another one I'll give an each-way chance to is in the last vivid stride. Um He's nearing a win, gets a trailing draw, and just needs a bit of pace up front, and will get us chance to get into the finish late. Yeah, this horse went super last start when I drove it. It, uh, it was six wide around the corner, and yeah, as you know yourself, it's hard to make ground around Hobart six and seven wide. But you know, once she straightened and once she found the middle of the track, she swooped home really well, and she was unlucky not to get the win. Yeah, now we end up to Carrick, mate. There's four picked out. Race one, first day in the state, Tarthia Girl, trained by Bianca, um, where, where you, you do all your work. Um, drawn a bit wide. Um, what can you tell the listeners about her? Uh, I think she's got uh, plenty of gate speed, and I'll be looking to use that early, yeah. But, you know, her form over in uh, Victoria, it doesn't read much, but I think she's just got the uh, pinch over the top of these ones tomorrow. Oh, that's good there for listeners. Now we'll go to race four, Grizzly Montana, drawing the pole. That's got a bit of gate speed, but the, the 2,600 might find him out. So whether you hold up or take a sit, um, what, what are your plans there for the listeners? But he has got a chance either way. Yeah, he does have a chance, this horse. The draws come up to suit. Um, we'll be looking to take a sit early and hopefully the two can cross and get us to the top of the straight where we can try and weave a few gaps. Yeah, now we'll move over to Smart Little Shard. I, I like him... I like him on Sunday, a good each-way odds. He's drawn six. Um, around five yeah. or six runs ago, he done pretty similar at Launceston when he speared across and found the lead and, and ran him off their legs. So there is a bit of speed inside him, but I still think you're a, a bit of a chance to get across early. Yeah, if I can get across early, Jamie, I don't see why he can't do what he did at Launceston a couple of starts back, but it's just a matter of we can get across early. But we'll sum that up after the first 100. And one you've, you've got a good affinity with, a lady's young rooster. He's in the Miami Valley Cup. Drawn well. If you can get him to ping down tapes, mate, he's into this race right up to his eyeballs. Yeah, he's right into the race, you know. This horse, ever since I've jumped on him, it's just sort of been a little bit of a connection there. And, yeah, I seem to be the only person he runs for. But, yeah, the draw it's um, drawn to suit him on Sunday. And if he can step and lob handy enough, I think he can be quick enough for this slot. Like I do every week, mate, I'll give you $10 to, to pick one of your seven drives out for the weekend to push the listeners into, and um, which one do you like out of them seven I've said? Um, I'm going to have to go with with Revenge tonight. No, he looks hardest to beat, mate. No, well, good luck, Mitchie. You're doing a good job, mate, and keep out, keep driving them winners, copper. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Great to uh, hear there from... Um, I'll tell you what he speaks... What, what is he, about 18 or 19 years old, Jamie? I reckon he's probably only 17, JC. He did. He spoke very well, a young fella. Spoke extremely well, I thought. He sounded like... He sounded like very... Co- and and uh, you know what? I, humility is great, but if you're going to be in competitive sport, and, and we've spoken about this with Nadal and Medvedev in the Australian Open recently, but 
you need to have a little bit of swagger, and I think he, I think the kid's got it. To be honest, he uh, he spoke extremely well. I'm sorry for you that he didn't say smart little shard as his best for the ten dollars, but we might back it regardless anyway. Hey, Jamie. I just think he's good. Right, don't worry, mate. I'll be I'll be going for cool water patty and knock him off. But <laughs> but, 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 but smart little shard did lead a beat cool water patty five or six runs there, and he beat him pretty easy under similar tactics. So it'll be interesting to see if he does pull on the top. He'll run a he'll run a really good race, mate. We've got to say sayonara, but give us a tip for the handicap. Um, Lockerbar asking at the crazy, crazy odds, mm. and he did sit park to win it last year. And um, King of Swing was first up the other week, and Amazing Dreams, a fairy tale story, as we all know, but. I'm going to lock all right. Just at the odds, Jase. Well, we just saw a Barty party. Hopefully, we can have another Arty party. Thanks for joining us, Jamie. We'll talk again next week. No worries, guys. Thank you. All right, time for another break here on Taz Racing Talk. When we return, another mate of mine, Brennan Ryan, will give us some Tassie harness news, including a Launceston Cup recap. Hilltop Jack getting the job done for Victorian trainer David Gill. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Now they've brought in the heavy hitters today, Trent Massanelda, Jason Bonington, and I'm joined now for a nice short, sharp chat with my mate Brennan Ryan. How are you, Brennan? It's going to be short and sharp. Hey, Jason, good to hear from you. We'll get through it. Let's do a Launceston Cup recap. Hilltop Jack getting the job done for David Gill, who... He's just flying with his team at the moment. Fernand, uh, Ferdinand Boy's got Cablenz, uh, but Hilltop Jack got the job done down there. Yeah, this is his uh, third group race attempt, and he broke through for it in, in, in a great way. And when he's heat, you know, 29.34, and then come out around 29.45 and led all the way in the final. And, um, you know, trainers rely on connections, and uh, he had two, uh, David had twos, and then Nathan Gittis there, and... They took on the dog for the series and yeah, done a tremendous job. So, yeah, good team effort all around. And uh, some good news for you, my friend, at Devonport on Tuesday. Just Posh, a personal favourite of yours. We know in self-control got a little bit of a Quinella there, brother. They did. It was sort of stitched up. <laughs> if you have a look at the box draw, it had nothing to do with me, computer statistics, <laughs> obviously. But uh, Just Posh through the red and, yeah, self-control our box too and yeah, they just put themselves out in front and, yeah, done the, done the rest. Uh, I think the litter overall, they've won about 22 races and they haven't had, they don't, haven't done two years' wage until March. So they've done pretty well so far. Yes, and so are you doing very well, mate. But we need some winners from here. You can never rest on your laurels. We need a couple for Launceston and Devonport if you've got some. Okay, we're going to head to Launceston on Monday night. I'm going to go right off my own bat, as you always like me to do. I'm going to go race four, number four, Just Posh. It's a heat of the... Uh, Tasbury Juvenile Gift um, over the 5.15. Look, she's had a couple of goes at the trip. Um, just hadn't drawn too good, but I think the draw on Monday should give her a good chance and she should get the good job done there. So that's my tip out of out of Launceston there and just quickly heading into Devonport. Um, we've got the Distance Championship coming up there on Tuesday and I think that's about race six on the program. I'm going to go with Man Overboard uh, for trainer Paul Hilly. Uh, on Devonport Chase Day back in November, he called the track record unofficially. It had to be hand-timed due to a timing error, but um, the dog, just a little bit off his form, but he's drawn well to the inside. That's where he needs to be, and if he's right on the day, he'll come home strong. We're looking forward to those greyhounds. Did you happen to stay up and listen to my unbelievable comeback in the lids fly last night, Brendan, or were you, were you tucked away by then? I was tucked away, mate, unfortunately. He's not so cashless. Does it race down there? Yeah, she does, under Teddy Mantos, yep. 
$18.50, two units a win, 37 units for me. Bang, bang, bang. That was the comeback. So um, all I can say is I thank you. I was summoning you, Brennan. Uh, thanks for joining us, mate. Wish the chat had been a little bit longer, but we'll catch up again next Thursday. Yeah, certainly will, Jace. All the best. He's a great man, Brennan Ryan. Time for our final break. We'll come back, say sayonara, and then launch you into five hours of trackside today, and you'll have Trent Masson held that entire time. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Now, for the last time, Jason Bonnings and Trent Massenelder, it's been fun. I could do this regularly, you know. That hour has flown by, Trent, and you've got plenty of work to do. You and Jonathan Segler are going to be taking over on Trackside today. Absolutely. We're up uh, very shortly. We've got Sammy Highland uh, checking in from Queensland as well. We've got meetings at Canberra, Port Lincoln, Cairns. Werribee, Walter and Esperance to cover off. So big afternoon of racing on trackside, 12 till, sorry, 1 till 5. Hey, are you confident? Yeah, reasonably confident. I've got a couple at Werribee that I like and a couple at Canberra as well. And the boys have done the other meetings as well. So hopefully we can find a few winners for the punters. Give us your best before we say sayonara and then uh, we, can, we can all link our multis through that for the rest of the day. Uh, race 1 at Werribee. And uh, I'll just quickly grab it for you. Race 1, uh, number 11, Perpetual Grace. $2.90 fixed at the moment. Race one, number 11 at Werribee, $2.90. Get your cash there and then invest it in the weekend or during the weekend, both on Harness Racing in Victoria and Tasmania, of course, Sunday. Make sure you've got something left for the Gold Sovereign. And, of course, next week, more big racing as well. And who knows? Trent and I might be back next week. Who wins the Hunter Cup? Uh, amazing dream. And it will be the eighth Hunter Cup for Anthony Button. Now, the most successful – the Hunter Cup's the Melbourne Cup of Harness Racing. The most successful jockeys in Melbourne Cup history, Bobby Lewis and Harry White, four apiece – this bloke's about to get double. Thanks for joining us on Taz Racing Talk. Enjoy the rest of your day on SEN Track.